Nikki Pagano, I welcome you to Exit Strategy. I have been anticipating greatly our conversation today, so I'm really happy you're here. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I am so excited to be here. Thank you. (laughs) It's especially beautiful that you're here today because this month of September is once again the anniversary of September 11th. And we are going to talk about that in just a moment. But I first want to just say a couple of things about who you are. You are an award-winning creative director with some major corporate advertisement campaigns under your belt, just to mention Coca-Cola, P&G, and there are so many, many more. And you are currently the co-founder and creative director at Branding Shorts, which is a creative content agency based in New York City. So that's who you are. Thank you so much for saying that. The reason that you are here today on Exit Strategy is because you are also an author of a powerful new book called The Road to Beyond, which was published just a year ago. I read it. It is riveting. It is beautiful. It is a fantastical story that has its origins in your experiences on September 11th here in New York. It's a work of fiction based on imagery. I've never read anything like this before. I really believe it's something our listeners are going to want to read. Let's jump in and please tell me, where were you on the morning of September 11th? I remember it being a beautiful blue sky, a beautiful September day, as we all remember that. If we were in New York, I was living in Manhattan. And I was doing a freelance job in my apartment. And I got a call from my dad who said, turn on the news. And I did. And I was like in disbelief. But little did I know, I was dating someone at the time. He was there running from the buildings. That guy became my husband. We got married a year later on the anniversary of 9-11. We were just met. At that point, that was such an indelible, powerful moment. And there was that that burnt smell that lingered in the air for, it felt like weeks, maybe months. Everybody was transformed by that day. Let's just talk about the story for a moment. As I mentioned, the story is based on imagery that you saw that day. How did that connect with you when it comes to a sense of storytelling? I remember driving over the Queensboro Bridge and I saw this cloud above where the Twin Towers once were. This cloud seemed to be there, not just that day, but it was there for, it seemed weeks. And it was like this luminous cloud that was over the site. And I thought, what if that's not a cloud? What if Mm -hmm. that is really the collective spirits of the people who lost their lives that day? What if they had nowhere to go and they just hung around that place and they became this collective orb, this collective mist of spirits, of souls? And I thought, well, what if those people are there and they are lost? Where are they really? That kind of sparked the idea of this story. That was the creation of this story. And you thought, where do I go from here? 
how do I write this story? So talk about that. As a creative person, when you get an idea, it kind of hangs with you. And if it's a strong enough idea, it's not going to let you sleep. It's going to haunt you until you manifest it. This story clawed at me. It haunted me. It was in my dreams. And I wrote the entire book, handwritten, at that time. I just wrote it in a notebook. I wrote the whole thing. I was feeling like I was taking dictation at that point. New York kind of stood still. Everything moved slowly and people were kind and friendly. Yes. Even though we had limited internet and limited cell phone, people were transformed that day. And I thought there was this other energy that's going on here. And I don't know where this energy is coming from, but I felt the energy too. And I felt like it was being channeled into this story. In the midst of this tragedy, there was this magic and this elevated level of humanity that was in the air. I wrote this story down and I just took dictation and and then eventually typed it up and finessed it. Wow. The magical thinking of the book is just unlike anything anybody has read when it comes to September 11th. How did that manifest for you as you were busy writing down the notes of the story initially? Where did the magical thinking come from? I love magical realism. In my work as an advertising creative, all my ad campaigns had magical realism in it. There was always an element of magic in Coca-Cola. I've always been a writer ever since I was a kid. I've always written stories that had this magic element to it because I love magic, magical realism and heightened reality. And innately, I really believe that there is this other realm somewhere. There's this this invisible realm that is different than our realm. There's something else. There's this heightened reality that's just beyond what we can touch. And so that intrigues me. Do you think that this story has been of comfort to those who lost family members or friends on September 11th? Because it's in a more beautiful setting than you know, the cold, hard facts of what took place on September 11th? What surprised me was more uh, people were buying it for other people who had lost people, not connected to September 11th, just people in general. I've gotten feedback. It was a comfort. I've gotten feedback where people have read it three or four times. People who have lost loved ones in general, not connected to the event. But September 11th was just a setting for this. It was a trigger for this. It was a catalyst for this story to be told because on that day, so many lives were lost at once. But that's the thing that surprised me is people buying it for other people who have lost others. I mean, just recently, someone wrote to me and said that this book was so comforting because I just lost a couple of family members this year. The story is really not meant to be gory or angry or vengeful. It's meant to be like, oh, oh, sometimes out of the tragedy, there is a beauty. And sometimes out of a loss, we get something from it. I've lost my mother. I've lost a lot of close people and good friends recently. But their energy is there. I want to talk about your family because your sister is a medium. And your grandmother was a medium as well. That exposure totally informed you 
and who you are in some major way, I would think. Yes. My grandmother lived with us. She was always a clairvoyant, a medium. People would come. Well, when I was a little girl, people would come and visit her and get connected to another realm. She would forecast things, and I'm told she forecasted President Kennedy's death. So she was a very powerful figure in my life, and she shows up in all my stories. She's in this story, too. She saw spirit. So I grew up with this and her name was Olympia and my sister's name is Olympia as well. And she inherited that gift. So when we were growing up, we shared a broom. I must've been five, six years old, whatever it was. She was four or five and she would say, I see someone, I see someone in the room. And I didn't see this, anybody in the room. She would swear there was somebody in the room and she described the person. But then we later came to find out the house we lived in, a person, a man who she described died in that house. Oh my. So he had a heart attack in that house. So it was exactly the man she described, an older gentleman. He died in a suit. She has always seen things. She was driving on a street and she saw a boy walk in front of her, look at her and vanish. And it was a kid who got hit by a car in that street. So she saw that kid. So she has always had this gift. After raising her children, she is now doing this. She goes by Olympia Intuitive on social, and she does readings. Unbelievable. So I can only imagine the tenor in your house was very, very different. Having this really spiritually elevated person constantly living with you. There was always stories about people she'd see in the house. When she was raising her kids, my mom and her brothers and sisters, she would have to move from a house because she knew someone passed tragically in a house and she got that energy. People would hire her to like clear energy in a house if there was something tragic that happened and there was residual negative aura in the house or, or energy in the house, she would go and clear it out. Yeah, there was always this conversation about death being a part of of life. There was always more. These lingering souls had to be cleared and go to the next place or existence. So many homes, they don't talk about death with children. And you actually experienced that. And in some way, I believe it helped set the tone and prepare you for life in the midst of probably sage was burning in various places at different times. Yes. My grandmother would do a chant. My sister uses sage and Wow, that that's a lot to live with. Just getting back to the book for a moment, tell me, what do you want readers to take away from the book? I think the biggest idea or the biggest takeaway would be is that there is more to life than this reality. Not that I know for sure, it's just I feel that there is just another dimension, another realm. There's just more. It's like a ripple effect. We are in the center mm -hmm. of this ripple and there's this, this ripple of this life that goes on and it goes on to where we can't see it. Before I let you go, talk about what you're working on now. Have you decided to write a follow-up to this book? Are you doing more writing? I am thinking through a sequel to this book where the main character actually finds a way 
to create that connection with this realm. So the sequel would be about the beyond and back. So how she brings the communication back to this plane. And I do have another book I hope to release really soon. It's just almost there. It's called Grace and Her Cloud. And it's about another magical realism. It's about a young woman who falls in love with a thundercloud. My grandmother shows up in all of them. She's a character in that story too. And I also am working on a feature that is magical realism about godmothers about these women who have this gift. If you visit our website, we do have an original series all about this stuff called What If? It's a series of one-minute episodes about the what-ifs of life. What if heaven was a planet? What if this is the afterlife and we're just reliving our life over and over and over again and just making different choices? What if? There's so many what-ifs. It's at brandingshorts.com forward slash what if. We're still adding more to those. The book is called The Road to Beyond by Mickey Pagano. We will have links in our show notes so people know how to get the book. Really a pleasure to have you on Exit Strategy. This was so much fun. Thank you so much. So great to see you. As the host of Exit Strategy, I thank you for tuning in to what I hope was an informative and illuminating conversation about this end-of-life issue. I urge you to visit our show notes, and there's an email listed there, so if you have any questions, send them my way. In the meantime, please share this episode with anyone you know who may be interested, and subscribe to Exit Strategy. Wherever you listen to your podcasts each month, We'll renew our conversation with another topic, and I'm really happy you're along for the ride. I'm Stephanie Gary, and this is Exit Strategy. Exit Strategy.